Hello, everyone. Welcome to Season 9, Episode 6 of the Euphoria Podcast. Uh, it's Dracos and Cadrill, joined by... Nunu and Willem. <laughs> Nunu and Willem. <laughs> the poor old upset. The poor old lord upset. Uh, Look at the balance, the focus in his eyes. This is the absolute raw determination. Like this. this is actually the fanatic training regime. You can leak the, like this? You weren't supposed to yeah. leak this. Yamato's going to be furious. Oh, shit. The steady, the steady head. <laughs> there it goes. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, how's life? It's really nice. <laughs> That's fantastic. Great. Good answer. Okay, moving on to the next topic. No, I, I would say it's like normal spring spit life. Like you feel like you suck, but everyone else sucks too. Mm. So you're just trying to get better and suck less. But it's a battle yeah. of who sucks the least. Yeah, everyone okay. really sucks. <laughs> and then summer is <laughs> summer is who's ready for worlds. Spring is who sucks the least. Yeah. Yeah, I guess is summer more of like a mental game as well. Like is teams getting tired yeah. or like frustrated or imploding and it's like whoever's mentally strong wins playoffs basically yeah i, I think mental is the most important thing for summer playoffs mm. probably because it's like a lot of pressure and i mean of course having a good team helps <laughs> yeah i would say but you could see last year even maybe on paper we weren't the strongest team but we managed to like win so many best of fives in a row because we were mentally ready i think to go all the distance so yeah, how, super important. How do you look back on that experience? Because that was an insane run. You played more games in playoffs than you did in the regular, <laughs> regular season. Split, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, actually, me and Kedra had a similar experience once where we, when we promoted to Challenger, the split was like ten games, but then we had to play like four or five best four of fives best in a row. Fives, yeah, and I was, yeah, I was kind of similar, but I really love it. I enjoy playing best of five so much more than best of one because even though it's more draining, maybe the the feeling of playing a best of one is so like what words to use so annoying maybe yeah sure <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> just just say how you feel dude it's all good we'll yeah, figure yeah. it out <laughs> be, because like you can be the better team but you can still lose and you don't get yeah. a second chance to mm. show actually what you are what level you are at or like mm. what else you have prepared or like maybe something bad happens in the game you get cheesed and you just lose sure. the game and it just feels like way more pressure and the day feels so long just for one match but best of five is like you really are going to to war <laughs> with the team and yeah, you yeah. can show everything. And if you play a bad one game, you have instantly the chance again to show next game that you deserve to win. And I just like that feeling much more. And it's also like way more meaningful because winning a best of one is like, it's nice for like a day. But then it's like, okay, we won a best of one. We have two more best of ones next week. It doesn't really get you like the feeling of having accomplished so much mm, the yeah. rewarding feeling of like winning a best of five like 3-0 you're like clean as hell your team's happy celebrate and then i mean the even if it's one. close i imagine it's still super sad because to me a best of five means you are the better team whereas like yeah. best of one the things that you're saying you can get cheese the enemy team is saying that too about everything that you did it mm -hmm. kind of it's it's a little bit cheaper for both sides like you can make it mean something if you want but it's also really easy to discount it yeah i mean it's nice for narratives maybe but <laughs> in the end it's like I, i'm not proud like i won the best of one versus this team you know like yeah it's like cool I think that from a broadcast perspective, because speaking of narratives, because like I agree, if you want to decide who the best team is, best of five is always the way to go. Mm -hmm. But the nice thing about the regular season, purely from uh, a storytelling perspective, like compared to best of three, is that best of three plus best of five, not a huge contrast in my eyes. Like best of five, obviously better, but best of three, it's still a series, still comparable. If we played only best of threes in the regular season, uh, and this is just one argument for against or for, um, in this case against, is it's just like we know if you mm -hmm. beat let's say misfits and a bunch of best of threes and then you have to play them in playoffs it's like 
well, guys, I think we know how this is going to go. You know, like we kind of know who the best team is already going into playoffs. And obviously that can change. LCK is a great example of that. They frequently have uh, big upsets. Um, But when it comes to best of one, you don't know because there isn't, it isn't Mm -hmm. conclusive. It isn't concrete. But I do agree that it's, it would be nice to have a middle ground. Best of two. I my five. Best of two must be the most annoying best, though. No, like, you it's tie, so good. It's you the, tie the against like a, like a bottom tier team or something like BT and you're like frustrating. Like, okay, now we just have to win to tie it for God's sakes. You know, yeah, it's like. But it's the literal best format. It rewards dominance. You, if you go 2-0, you get more points. If you go 1-1, you just tie. It rewards yeah, dominance. You yeah. get more games. So it's not just stupid best of one. And both yeah. teams have one red side, one blue side. Yes. If they want to. True. Yes. Uh, no, best of two is the best for competitive probably. But best of three is the best for fe- feeling wise, I think. Yeah, mm. it's also I think best of two sucks for spectators too. Because if you're a fan of Fnatic in this case, and you're like, oh, they went one one, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like you want a winner, you want a yeah. winner at the end of the day, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that best of two denies you or yeah. sets of two. I mean, best of one, I would say rewards maybe more consistency in a way instead of sure. depth to yeah. a team. So maybe you can see Rogue is super consistent team usually, mm-hmm. and they always do super well in best of ones. But maybe the depths that you lose for focusing solely on consistency like you let's say you experiment less or you play less things or you give your team less room to like do the crazy things or do the mistakes that you can learn from and you try to play like really like straight uh, like in the season and Mm -hmm. you try to not make mistakes and you try to play victor every game and try to just really minimize mistakes maybe sometimes you need to make mistakes to like get a bigger learning from them and i think that's like the the interesting thing about best of ones like the number one team in best of ones doesn't like last year i think both times the yep. number one team in best of one didn't win the split didn't even make top three i think in some cases that's a really good point i think like you just what a ca- you focus so hard on regular season when you get to playoffs you're like so what's the plan and it's like well regular season was working let's just do what we did there and then you go to playoffs and these teams that have made mistakes have just found so many different ways to kind of like abuse your playstyle. yeah i think it's so and i haven't had this experience and you actually both have but it's so weird to me like getting better as a League of Legends team in the context of best of one. Because you can see the argument for, let's just get as many wins on the board as we can versus like, let's try stuff. Let's build that depth. Because that feels to me like, like the rogue approach, you can at least say it's concrete. We're going to do this one thing. We're going to do it super well. And you're like, we're going to try a bunch of stuff. And some of it's going to work and some of it's not. But League also changes so fast. I just Mm -hmm. imagine it's a nightmare that if you like really prep for one play style or one strategy or one thing that like by the time it comes around to playoffs anyway, or even if you cast a wide net and try something really weird, it can all just get taken away from you in Mm -hmm. an instant. That just seems like such a nightmare. can backfire if you're like too creative and then you're losing too many games and you realize it's week seven and you still need four wins or something you're like well uh i mean we're a good team but now we have to play four best of ones and win them all Mm. so yeah consistency is also really important i think like having a blanket like rogue has now it's like now it's time to just chill yeah well they did (laughs) (laughs) they've been been turbo chilling (laughs) some some would say um easy segue there uh yeah rogue losing two games this week astralis with a win now on the board, um, having a Rogue. great time there. Misfits also taking them down, courtesy of an incredible performance from Neon. Incredible. Wow. Wow. Um, actually, did have a very good game. Some nice individual outplays. <laughs> I will say that. Um, just, uh, just. I know you're a competitive boy, so I just got to roast yeah. anytime I can. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I, I don't know if you got to catch both games upset, mm-hmm. but Mark, from your position, first off, like, 
Do you care? Do you think Rogue cares? Is this something to be concerned about? Has it shaken your faith in Malrang, probably most importantly? Because I think if we don't say his name eight times every episode, people are going to think something's wrong. I don't know. The, the number one thing I noticed is like the confidence they had in slamming Lucian Nami and then not really doing anything with it when the enemy team has like Jinx and Aphelios. Uh, I feel like Comp is just doing well on pick me Jinx, pick me Aphelios, play around mid, although Amnick can play whatever he wants, weak side or last pick or carry top, whatever, and he'll be useful in team fights. But the Lucian Nami never really came into the game mm -hmm. and was losing the lane against Jinx Lulu. Uh, and I think... Was it Trimby or... I don't know who it was. We had an interview. They were, they were like... Um, the last time they picked Lucian Nami, they banned away Lulu on 4-5. Yep. or five, And this time they didn't. So we just picked up Lulu. I think it was Neon in interview. Yep. And then we have a winning lane. And now the Lucian Nami is not really in the game at all ever. Um, so yeah, I think they didn't really draft around bot lane very well that game. Against Astralis, I don't know what to say. Like Astralis just... I don't think anyone expected Promise Astralis Q to win. Unleashed. Promise Q Unleashed is a good way of saying it. Mm -hmm. uh, they had like this insane dive comp where Larson fell behind on Ari. And... Uh, yeah, from that point onwards, as soon as like Dayoro and Vex was unlocked on the map, it was just team fights were impossible because you're playing Jace, Lee, and Ari, and they have like Vex, Jarvan diving on you. And I mean, Kobe played fine, but Promise Q was also playing like a psycho that game. So respect Promise Q. Promise Q had a redemption arc this weekend, I think. Redeeming weekend. A little bit. I of agree. One. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of redemption. Showed some good games in the week before, too. Also, still definitely a psycho. The flashing over the wall just to ease someone to finish a kill. I respect it. That's an aggressive Leona. Um, what's your opinion on the, on the Lucian Nami lane? Because like I've. I know conceptually it's strong, but it's kind of looked like trash most of the games that I've seen it this season. It's looked like it was super underwhelming. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think in in the LPL and LCK, it has been not picked for quite some time now, or maybe like really rarely, and it usually loses too. I don't think it's too great, to be honest. Nami as a champion struggles versus a lot of champs in general, I think. Like it's not a... A champ that works really well by itself, but even the Lucian, is, who's supposed to be so OP with Nami, he's like really strong. But in reality, Aphelios Jinx are probably better champs overall. Like you need to be really always with your AD to make the Lucian Nami work really well, or at least to get the most value out of it. Of course, you can also go with your jungler, but it just feels like you need to win lane, but you're actually not super strong in lane if you play with good Aphelios Lulu, or even some of the melee supports can be like annoying to play against that you don't stomp lane of course if you get a lot of help and your jungle like can facilitate it and you snowball then lucian with nami still looks like really strong but uh, i think this this has been falling out of the meta for quite some time and i think this week rogue's meta read was maybe a little bit behind yeah it was an interesting this was the lucian nami they had the rise mid lane then they had the the orin top lane game that was a little odd to me. Very short it range. Felt like Larson versus the world that game because he was doing so much around the map, but like everyone was just losing a bit too hard. I think. Yeah, I mean credit to Larson because obviously the the Astralis game he just kind of got his um, shit pushed in, but um, <laughs> that was, game was, he, he was, was Dajou, Yeah, Dajou, I mean the legend, right? Yeah. Uh, the man did show up that game. Respect got his first him. win ever in the LEC. So I mean that's him. cool. How did you feel about Dajou? You you played against this guy. I mean, I know you like your your your, your softcore <laughs> memeing me, but I'm actually curious how do you feel because like I feel like it's really we we talk about this a lot. But when a team is bad, 
And the Strauss are still a bad team. They had a good weekend, but they were a bad team. Um, it's really hard to say who like the good players are. You know what I, I mean? They're a great team. You think they're a great team? <laughs> they're You're around. full of shit, dude. They're not a great team. <laughs> they, they almost had a good beat Vitality, week. and then they beat Rogue. Yeah, and like they they're on the road to being a good team. But I'm not. I, you're selling more narratives <laughs> than I am, man. Take it down a notch. <laughs> and then they're against Fnatic this weekend. They turned it around. Okay. <laughs> are they a great team upset? Yeah. 50-50 it's, it's match of the week. Game? It's match of the week. It match is match of the week. Of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. You're looking Isn't at it game one on Friday. Old Kings versus New Kings. It's, versus... It's, it's on Friday. I don't remember which <laughs> the, game it is. The rivalry of upset versus old origin days. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. huge. The upset near origin. <laughs> it's in the studio, no? Yeah, so a lot of what you. Type as hell. Is it? I don't remember. Yeah, I, have to fly I think it's game one. Let me. Yeah, it's game one on Friday, so it's in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, let me double check. Yeah. Wow. And we're casting it. We are. Yeah. Oh, wait, I want you guys to set up the narrative. Hillesang versus Promiscue. The two uh, best support. I don't think we're league. casting okay. it, bro. MSI champion versus world championship finalist. All right. I've got a different schedule, so one of the schedules is wrong. That's all I'm saying. All but right. the match is happening. It's when it happens that's up for debate. But I'll say that, yeah, a lot of people would look at G2 Esports versus Fnatic and say history. We say no. Overdone. That's true. O- overplayed. Fnatic versus Astralis. <laughs> no, I, I like... I mean, I... I think all of the players are like okay in Astralis. Mm-hmm. I think some of them have like good performances some games, but there's not really someone who stands out who mm. could be like the main focus of the team that they play around. I feel like White Knight, Kobe, and even their mid laner, if you look at them last year, are all more role players. Yeah. And Zanzara is also kind of a role player with his trundle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I feel like where's the they don't have so much carry power, yeah. but their team play hasn't been so great either mm. from the at the start. Now they are really, really insane, I think. So the only carry in this team is Promise Q, who has been showing amazing performances all over the split. So I, I think this team is on the up and up now. I can't get the read from any of what he just <laughs> said. Anytime upset says anything, legitimate or trolling, you've got this big ass grin on your face. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like, true. How much am I taking seriously? Here's what I'll say: is like I, we've talked about this carry point before, and I think it comes up a lot when you talk about Astralis, and, and I'm inclined to agree. No, that was serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're still grinning though. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, the last one wasn't serious. Yeah. I don't think they're on the up and up, but I think they showed like they're showing actually improvement in the early game a lot. I think yeah. that how their support jungle like find openings on the map has been impressive and i think also their carries are not doing anything crazy but they're also not doing anything like too bad usually yeah. so mm-hmm. i think they're like doing better now. yeah and it's coming together and, and keep in mind when i say astralis isn't a bad team i'm not trying to you know shit on them anymore people are giving this team enough crap they're not mm-hmm. great they are getting better hopefully they're on the up and up for their sake and because also because it makes the standings more interesting um for Fnatic, maybe you're hoping that they're not going too far up, but it also sounds like you're not very nervous, so we'll get to that when we get to that. But on the opposite side, um, every week, upset, we award a Euphoria MVP. It can go to anybody on any team. Uh, MVP's most valuable player, not the player who just played the best, but the player who did the most for their team that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, your team went 2-0 this weekend. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who do you think is Fnatic's MVP of the week? Um... I think probably Ivan has been getting a lot, Rasok has been getting a lot of criticism, I think. Mm-hmm. But this week, I think he played super good on yeah. the Voli and on the Vigo. I think he had really two, probably his best weekend so far, I think. So he's definitely a candidate, and my mid also came bot two times to <laughs> dive them. 
<laughs> so he's also on the MVP list. Yeah, I like this because um, when we had Perks on last week, he instantly said himself. But I like that you're spreading. The, I like that you're spreading the love. <laughs> to be it, fair, I think he was right though. We agreed. Perks was the MVP for Vitality last week. Yeah, but it's like the leading point. He came bot a lot. Yeah, I like which that. meant in Twine you get fed, which means well, in Twine. If if upset is the one winning the games, then the person who set him up to win is surely the MVP. But no, I must also say though that it's not so straightforward that you can just go bot and you go to the candy store and you give your ID gold. <laughs> like candy store. Actually, both of the games the enemy bot was getting like so uh, blasted. You can so, say blasted. They got so blasted, honestly. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> like, they had a winning matchup in game one, and we. And suddenly, by wave five, we had like four waves stacked under the tower. Was that the Brahm into Leona? Uh, yeah, so we played Leona Filios, but yeah. they had like push early game with mm -hmm. Jinx, and they managed to wave really well. So they got Dove on wave five, even though they had push. It was very impressive. And the next game, like they lost Flash level one. They were like with Thrasher Filios. Yeah. Because it's Hilly. I mean, Hilly is crazy on pack. Yep. Uh, so yeah. And we played level one really well, even though, I mean, it didn't go maybe how it's supposed to, I think. And we managed to dive them as well, which is also usually not supposed to happen. Like that my mid can move like this. I don't know if it's normal, but that they get like pushed in like this and lose their summoners already made the dive like very easy. I think it's really important that when you like think about a team just playing bot side or just playing for your AD, like if it's so easy, then why don't like all the teams just go bot and sure. kill the enemy bot a lot and dive them? Like it's great. It, everyone should do it. I think that's goes a lot more into it than it's sometimes said. Like ah, this guy's just playing strong side. This guy's just playing weak side. Like there's a lot more nuance to it. And sometimes I feel like I miss that nuance when I read comments, which is also a different topic. That's fine. I mean, I think that's super interesting, dude. Because I think that most people, yeah, will say, oh, they're playing to this. This is a strong side. Oh, that guy's on an island. Mm -hmm. And people have kind of set expectations of what's supposed to happen in those situations yeah. and they just play on those and they don't update those or take into account maybe like a lane you winning a lane that you shouldn't have won or stacking mm -hmm. a wave that you shouldn't have been able to stack because they go oh you're the guy who's getting ganks you're that's what you're supposed to do you know you're yeah. supposed to be able to do that not taking into account the um the steps to get there but that that's actually i, I don't think about that enough i will say i maybe you do i guess it's just a lack of context right where it's like you can say, for example, in that draft that they had with the Aphelios Leona, they had a Jace top into Malphite, right? So you can say, well, if you look at the draft, you know, they should probably play top sides, make sure the Jace is safe, you can get a good lead, right? Expecting bot to not get the push. But when you're actually in the game and bot gets the push and they dive bot, maybe sometimes it's a bit overlooked where it's like, how did they get the bot push in the first place, right? You look at the context of it, the bad base, bad wave management, whatever it is, yeah. or good capitalization from the enemy bot to actually get that playoff. And now your Jace is still winning his lane in isolation. And now you've got a bot dive off. So the game's just practically over, isn't it? Because, um, the lane that wasn't supposed to win is now winning. And then you're just questioning like, so how does the enemy team now win the game? So it just comes from mistakes in mid to late game, I guess then. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's super hard, I think, to like go really in depth. Like, I don't know how every top lane matchup is supposed to play out. Like mm. who is supposed to stack a wave at what point? And like, I think a lot of top laners or like every role, a lot of people have different ideas how the lane is supposed to play out. So how could you guys like know it and call it in advance or like that oh they weren't supposed to get pushed like you need to have like a lot of like specific knowledge that even like pros don't necessarily agree on right like some matchups are really obvious okay like you play i don't know akshan versus malphite you can probably stack away from the early game but i don't know like who gets pushed in camille versus i don't know on or something yeah. so it's like super hard i think to analyze these things and yeah, I, I think it's an uh, easy way to discredit people, but also to credit people when mm -hmm. you like set it up like, oh, he's playing weak side or he's playing strong side. 
even in a game where like somebody didn't get ganks, he, the idea about the team is like he's playing strong side, so he got ahead this game, so it probably means like he got a lot of resources. Or it's it just makes it like very easy, even though the game is like really complicated and every game is like very specific. And I think it's necessary to make it like this because you can't have like a one hour discussion on every game, like why the things exactly happen, like how they happen, because that's like what the reviews of pro teams are for. Mm. Uh, and in general, I think overall it's like true, these statements, but it's just like, I don't know, I, I'm always in a, in a constant battle with myself of like, don't look at social media at all mm -hmm. or like try to justify myself. Mm. And I feel like it's uh, in neither place I really find a lot of happiness because yeah, yeah. convincing people of like you are like you, how good you are, how good your team is or like anything mm -hmm. like this feels like always a losing battle. Because the people that support you and like you, they want to like like support you and like you. Yeah, yeah. And the people that maybe are like G2 fans or like other people that like sure. don't like you for something, they will like, of course, not like, oh, actually, I don't like him so much, but he's making a good point here. I'm on Twitter and I'm 13 years old. I will just say, <laughs> you're right. Actually, I didn't consider that point. <laughs> you're making a really good point here. So you're yeah. right. You are no, actually playing I, this I really up. well. I, Instead, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, you're so dog shit yeah, yeah. is the best AD you like just an example yeah, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. this you know so mm. that's always when I get discouraged but on the other hand I also don't enjoy like reading things that I feel like are not true or I want to like I, to, like, I want to set it right like no this yeah, is not yeah, true yeah. like this is, didn't happen like this but uh, like I say it's like a losing battle and either way I mean I definitely feel better when I don't look at comments about myself or in general because mm. I feel like it's always infuriates me i mean it's also fuel like i want to prove people wrong but even when i feel like i'm proving people wrong in the end how i'm perceived is not up to me i can only do my thing and yeah i'll say that this is just like the immortal trap of social media is that like one when someone presents an argument let's say even they they word it well right and they're like hey i think x and y is underperforming or i like i think you guys aren't looking it up at this guy and they present really good arguments the worst part about social media and this has happened to me a few times is you engage i've engaged and i'm like oh that's super interesting do you have a clip and they'll send me a clip and i'll go okay but this isn't what you said happened and then they're like Fuck you instantly just like <laughs> so like because the thing is is i'm a i'm a person i have a like i i my twitter verified account is me i'm daniel dracos you see me on this podcast every week right Johnny anime avatar over there is anyone he wants to be at any yep. moment. Now, he might be a league fan and he might be a passionate analyst of the game just as a casual fan. And I think that's super cool. But at any point he wants, he can go back to being Mr. Anime avatar and just tell me to go kill myself. Yeah, there's, you know that's I mean? one of the, you have, you have two, I've had that as well. There's like two ends, there's, there's two ends of the spectrum where you have those one guys and the other guys who just want your attention in the first place. And now they're just trying to L plus ratio or like trigger you on purpose, right? So you that's have hard. the one guys who are like, here's my argument. Here's the proof. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? This is no relationship at all. It's like, yeah. And then the other guy is just like, <laughs> the other guy is just like, give me attention. I'm going to keep writing these hateful comments towards you until you realize that I'm here. And that's, you know? and again, so it's just social media. Yeah. And if you are a supportive fan in whatever way, like, really appreciate you. It's just, it's always tough because there's so many um, bad actors out there. And ultimately, anonymity, as great as it can be for the internet and how many positive things it does and allows people to, you know, voice unpopular opinions in so many ways, also just allows people to be giant. Uh, assholes mm. so yeah i mean the problem also with people that are giant fans of you maybe if they're so big fan of you that probably means they're giving other people shit that they feel like you're sure. competing with or i mean that's also great or you can run it down and your fans are like you did great it's someone yeah. else's fault and you're like 
Yeah, but guys, sometimes I don't do great. Like, I know you want I to support me. I'm only yeah, I mean, sure. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> unt- untouchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Of course, <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> the, the, the illusion from both sides, from the positive and the negative is there. And also, the thing I'm realizing more and more, it's like, the time is so limited. Mm. I wake up, I eat breakfast, I play a game, maybe I go to the office. I'm at the office for like seven hours. I still yeah. need to play solo queue when I come home. I have like... I don't know, two hours or something per free time or three hours per day on yeah. average, I would say. Or, I mean, and that's like, I'm already probably tired I, because I worked the whole day. I agree. So you should spend, what you're saying is you've got, yeah, then I need got to go a on couple Twitter. extra hours <laughs> to fight for why you were the best AD with every guy on the internet, every yeah. caster mm-hmm. who doesn't want to give mm-hmm. you a... Exactly. So, but it's like, I think a lot of pro players, they are pro players because they have like ego and they want to be the best and yeah. that's how they got here. And it's like, uh, unhealthy obsession with playing league to like get to a level where it's like and luckily we could make a career out of it yeah. but that's why it's like not easy like of course i connect like me being good at league somehow to my identity sure because it's like such a big part of my life and i invest so much time into it yeah so it feels always like yeah there's a big drive in me to talk about all the things the comments and i just want to respond to them but i i don't but yeah. that's why I came on this podcast to go through the whole list. You mean to go through the whole list? One <laughs> Address every single one. Yeah, 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 just pulls yeah, yeah, yeah. out a notepad, right? <laughs> one moment. <laughs> here's so, okay, so here's a question. Because um, before we go into the next potential candidates, because Cajun and I pre-talked about some of these uh, as MVPs for the week. Do you feel like generally, because our philosophy right now is that like we don't look, it's not that we don't look at as much. We feel like for bot laners and top laners, it's really hard to, to get an MVP. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like we are doing uh not doing enough justice to those roles and we should be like maybe because i think we can get individual replay access and go back and like watch laning phases Mm. and look for the things that you're talking about where you Mm. win a trade you shouldn't win to get control over a wave you shouldn't have control of to force a wave in do you think we should be looking closer at these like these little micro things because we are limited as spectators from a perspective we more often than not are watching a sport roaming a jungle roaming a mid lane roaming and that's what our observers should be doing because those are the more the more reliable points of action because you know you winning a lane matchup that you shouldn't have won that happens but more often than not like our top lane matchups are just two dudes like mm-hmm. but turbo chill. i do think it's like one of the contexts the upset just said there it's like you have to have really good knowledge to see that and like sure. you have to have like for example he just talked about top lane some of the matchups he doesn't know about top lane right i couldn't analyze like if i were playing versus wonder like what exactly they should be doing differently because otherwise i probably could play top lane myself to that level mm-hmm. right if i yeah. understand everything and i have good mechanics like so that's the thing and now we don't need to analyze everything to like make my ego feel better that <laughs> no i'm just, I just no, good, no no no, no you I'm have not, to watch like, my game and see all the good things no, i'm doing because i'm like i'm legitimately curious because <laughs> i put don't, it holistically I don't, right, to everyone yeah to, to everyone it's not just no, it's, I'm not, joking, it's not to course, you yeah, yeah but like because no like, how could you do that like you have to watch three laning first per game and jungle pathing and it's like 10 games per day and you have to watch other regions and you have yeah. a life and you have to do okay, a podcast no because like, you don't understand because you just said that you have like after you do your entire day you got three hours free and i'm saying we just send you bottling clips every week and we go hey upset i read them we want to give this guy mvp did he play this lane phase good <laughs> just you signed words. yourself up for this buddy you yeah. want to justify your ego let's get you in there no, no. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's a good idea i like but, it but like i think the the easiest way is like there's two i think the easiest way to find mvp is there's the playmakers and then there's the carries right where it's like sure yeah. jungle support dive bots or they you know find ganks mid and they punish enemy mid and they get their mid laner ahead that's one thing where it's like, well, they got him ahead in the first place. And the second thing is, well, he's now ahead and he's carried the game, right? So there sure. are the two kind of factors to look at without diving too deep. Yeah. Um, and we tend to normally go towards the, they got them ahead. That's the reason that they're fed. So they carry because of them but, rather than yeah. like the, 
unless it's like an insane team fight where they're just like it's very easy to kind of identify the carry it's like wow he just won we three them and he played it so perfectly that that's yeah. an mvp level performance but also you need to like think about that you should probably listen to communication because there's probably a person setting up like a lot of the mm. things around the lane that's going that will make things work or not for example marek has a really big voice on our team and even if he runs it down i think everyone is still super happy to have him on the team mm. because he brings so much in the game even when he's running it down probably he like helped to bring a lot to the team and everyone like appreciates it yeah because it's hard to like shot call a lot and play do do you notice his voice change if he's ahead or behind a yeah, lot of players of when they're ahead it's just natural right they're like give me this 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 and this and we're gonna win when they're behind they're like guys i'm uh, i'm a bit screwed uh <laughs> no, maybe no, just try play yeah. both sides <laughs> it's like when he's ahead it's like guys come here we push this lane we do this and then i completely 1v9 and then when he's behind it's like uh, guys can we have her <laughs> okay <laughs> even better <laughs> doesn't even say play both sides like guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, ooh, next scrim uh, uh yeah i really don't want to play this game level two game. <laughs> oh damn look at the time <laughs> well, gotta go no, nah, no, of course. Like, if you have more agency, you can do more. But and still, he like even if he's behind the macro thing, he can still call. Just what he can do is obviously less uh, on the on the map. Yeah, mm, yeah. But also the discussion of like what you brought up with the the playmakers getting the carry ahead, and then the people that got the carry ahead are the people that are like deserving of the MVP. Mm -hmm. I think it's like that's true. Yes often the people that have like the tools do the thing well but on the other hand if somebody like does his job perfectly like he doesn't do a mistake and mm -hmm. he got ahead he set up like you can't just go bot and get ahead like you usually yeah. need to like probably do some things like set up a wave good like uh, like make sure that the enemy has like a bad reset maybe like if you pay attention to these things it's like there goes much more into it than just go bot and get a kill because otherwise everyone should just go bot and get a kill and get mm. like really far ahead like there's a reason that i'm like super far ahead uh, like 81 percent of the games or something and it's not just that we like go bot and get me ahead like that's sometimes it feels weird but of course my support is the best mm -hmm. i love hillisang yep i love him so much that now everyone thinks i'm bad because he's so good <laughs> <laughs> i started all of this i said like he was not appreciated enough i always felt like even before i was playing with him i always thought this guy's insane and when we, when he's in thing like everyone suddenly oh he's actually not so good like i don't know can we bring like a rookie from like i don't know somewhere yeah but that, he's, was that last year yeah like he was in thing in spring a little bit or yeah. like, i mean our team wasn't doing so good and his play yeah. style is like if the team is not doing well he will probably have nine death at the end of the game right yeah uh but i was always pushing that and i was like he's so good that i'm like really bad because and i'm just playing with silly and he's just so good <laughs> yeah that even i can look good you know mm -hmm. so it's beautiful no it is because now hilesang is like it's interesting how fan perception changes in it and it's not just i mean it's it's kind of merited i guess because if you look at like you said if you lack context and you just look at the games and someone's inting it's very easy to just go oh it's really bad yeah. and if he's playing good he's like oh it's really good you know it, it there's like a select few who can dig deep and is he why is he playing good how is he playing good why is he playing bad how is he playing bad right yeah and then like for example hilesang last year i remember i don't know exactly when it was last year but i remember there was a lot of sentiment where it's like dude hilesang's hilesang sucks you know like what happened and then I was kind of saying, like, guys, did you see the 2020 series against Top Esports World Championship? Like, this guy is nuts. He has it. He really does. But everyone was like, well, nah, he's hinting. And now this year, it feels like Hillisang is, and he deservedly is, the best support in the West by far, right? Yes. Next to Corey today, perhaps, because we haven't seen him play. And it's like, it's a very kind of seesaw-esque effect, uh, winning and losing. I mean, uh, people... And it all ties into the social media. Yeah. Wow, like, yeah, people have really strong, like, emotional reactions, for better or for worse. And obviously, the, that same emotional reactions positively is like so much of what fuels the fandom so i don't want to entirely 
demonize that but obviously people take it too far and i think that like hillisang has a bad split or a team struggles and let's say hillisang dies like how many get with the program like this man's been playing league for a billion years and this has always been his mo like he's yeah. always the guy that takes risks that trusts it and has these crazy mechanical plays he's the guy that was like picking trundle support back in the day like random pillar and lane killing you instantly same game dying for no reason on a side lane you know what yeah. i mean like flash engaging on yeah, and, and it's it's like just i i don't know i wish people would Love it, and again we're kind of like we're going into a lot of history here but i i think people in general should wait to see longer right because like people were calling mickey washed after last season with g2 calling people were calling wonder washed after last season with g2 and it's like guys like maybe like maybe like you could be right like mickey could have just been washed wonder could have just been washed and we could have come to the season and they both could have sucked and it would have probably been like okay signs pointing to bad but mm. when they step up again it's like oh yeah wait they are really good players oh yeah oh yeah oh wait oh yeah maybe maybe one you know maybe the sample size needs to be a bit bigger but um on the subject like comms are an interesting topic just because mm -hmm. not to spend too much more time on the philosophy of this whole thing it's like i try to avoid them i think they're super interesting but the problem is because the public doesn't get to hear them for the most part mm. if it's not in a mic check i try to avoid referencing it even if we could get access to your comms or any other team's comms because in my eyes when you want to use arguments for mvp for anything like this it needs to be something that anyone and everyone can have access to because otherwise it's like well this week upsets my mvp because of these super secret comms that i have access to you that none of you are going to understand but you can't argue against me because you can't hear them and i get to you know what mm -hmm. i mean so that's like that's the struggle because i think you're right that it could be more accurate but i also think it would be unfair to the audience because ultimately you want anyone to be able to no, I mean, it's just another factor against. that maybe people don't consider. Oh, but sure. But I, I think it's super valid. I just yeah. think that's, that's the no, reason no, why I'm not I mean, anyways, it's cons. a fan vote, right? Yeah. Like, the play of the game is like uh, voted by the fans. And, to and what here the it's, fans a Drake, it's a Draco's Cadral vote. And today an upset vote. Yeah. Upset gets a vote. Upset gets it's a vote. interesting because you can dig deeper, like not to go too far on topic, but like comms is one thing, right? What they bring outside of the game is another thing. How vocal sure. they are in reviews. That's why like talk, coaching right? staff of the year is like, a really this hard is award. the hardest one and coaching kind of sometimes a meme award is because it's like we don't get unless i go to every house and watch like two weeks of scrims and see what the environment's like by the way anytime i go into a team house and see the environment i know the environment's like 80 percent of what it is because it makes when you're just a random dude sitting watching scrims people aren't going to be 100 percent comfortable mm -hmm. you know what i mean so mm -hmm. like it's hard like unless we just have like three hours of behind the scenes footage yeah. Every day, to be cameras every day, to be combed through. Yeah, so that, that about, that's like, what we need. Yeah, like yeah. that's what we need. I need, I need to see everything. I need to <laughs> cameras, surveillance, need, microphones. Need, <laughs> yeah, every. I need to, six like, consoles. I don't have the information I need to actually make a decision. That's why I don't. I'll, I'll vote, but I'll usually I'll either abstain or if I'm, if I'm asked to vote, I'll just do like one, two, three. In order yeah, to it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a meme award because like. Well, well, I just don't have the information. I would yeah, love just, to have the information, and the only thing I can use is like. Mac's players speak very highly of him. I respect how Mac presents his philosophy to me. You know, I think he's really good at presenting his coaching yeah. philosophy. He has really cool hair too. And he has really cool hair and yeah. ties. Yeah. But I don't see what Mac does on a daily basis. I don't. I don't see what Yamato does on a daily basis. I don't know. Uh, and no one's going to know except for the people in that environment. Yeah. So that's like, a, it's hard to authentically give that award, I think. Um, okay, that said, this week's MVP. We've been all over the place, but I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the rambling context uh, topic discussions. Context is important. Check the context. Be willing to accept that you don't know everything. The people who 
we're going to accept that advice already probably were, and the people who aren't are already going to not. So why do I even say it? Shut the hell up, Drake. (laughs) We're right back to where we started. After thinking about it more, I'm the MVP. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me your argument why. Uh, I mean, we... These, These two games, specifically, these two games. So the Aphelios and the Zeri game, right? So, yeah. I mean, the Zeri game, I initiated the fights that really swung the game. We played lane really well. I mean, the thing is, MVP doesn't mean that I did everything alone. Like, my team played sure. No, you're just the most valuable, even if that's... Um, you have, like, 30 and everyone else is dividing the remaining 70%. I mean, it's... It's hard to... Because the game's not weighed equally. The roles don't have equal impact. Yep. So it feels weird, but mm-hmm. I will just give myself MVP now because mm-hmm. I deserve it. Mm-hmm. from myself that's a good argument you deserve I it. love myself so I have to give myself MVP right that's how it works Mark I swear to god if we end up in a f- rock paper scissors situation again no 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 no, no, no. Uh, last week we had to rock paper scissors because we, was, Luca was here and Luca voted for himself and Mark was like well Luca did pretty good and I was like it should be Trimby and then we couldn't we had a rock I, mean, paper I haven't even watched all the games so it, it's no, I think and not all of them but <laughs> I mean you but only need I to know my own games no we, and I watched my we own didn't highlights. ask you to pick the overall <laughs> MVP we just need to know who you thought was on Fnatic I'm not going to pressure you to no I, I think Ivan me or uh, Marek I think Wunder did his role really well uh, yeah. as well this weekend uh, that he was given in the game and Hilly also got some did some things that no other support would do especially on the pike like you guys maybe didn't even see it but the first three levels was like a beauty uh it's and always then, the classic hit thing where it's like in their face every time the camera pans both he's already charging a hook yeah, in yeah. melee range well, of everyone hail blades <laughs> i mean i the aphelios game i played like super good wave management was really good we ended up diving both of them uh that didn't really make a mistake i felt i was like in really good control of the game uh like I flash a flash my fight ulti out of fuck. Yeah, that was sick. So that was sick in mid lane, right? Over Raptor Wall. Yeah, that was that. And the Zeri game, I mean, yeah, th- we kind of them in like a matchup that I don't think has to go like this. Mm. And then Marek found a really sick timer uh, versus Perks. And he we managed to dive after we already blow, blew the summoners. And then I started like the fights that were kind of game winning myself, which is rare for Eddie Carey, but it was like a Zeri thing, I think. And mm-hmm. I had like, yeah, like most damage, like, okay, I misclicked once, which is like really sad for me because yeah. I remember these moments for a long time. Yeah, you're five deaths right now. Yeah. But, yeah. There it is. Five yeah. deaths over the split. Could have been four. Could have been four. Yeah. Could have been, been MVP, four. but there's that death. Oh, oh rough. That death uh, swayed me. So has, has, his, has his arguments convinced you or anything? Let's talk about the other people because we've, okay. we've kind of, it's interesting because we wanted to talk about Fnatic. We've gotten to talk a decent amount of Fnatic in, in a lot of different ways, but let's talk a little bit about the, um, the other people on this list. So Excel, obviously 2-0 week, one win over Vitality, very big deal. Win over BDS, um, not expected to be a close game, but kind of because um, Finzarellia didn't live up to the solo queue heights, let's say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 so He's really good on Aurelia, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, in solo queue, he's a monster in yeah. Aurelia, but yeah. yeah, the second he died level two, it's like... You're yeah. like, well, also after he played Malphite and the Jace the day before, you're like... Your ego picking because it's you think true. Adam actually. is bad. I think they I think they, <laughs> was it like they blind picked. I don't know if it was Jace, Lee, and Rise, and he had third pick on red side or something. And then no, they went day, to Irelia. So, um, day, and then I was like, day it's one, a they, they, game. they smashed their solo laners. Rise, you know, Rise, Jace, and they had the, obviously the sick flex against Vitality with the the Zeri mid. But then he just locked Malphite. And it was like, oh, no, no, I'm talking about the game that he picked Irelia. They had uh, like Jace's. They had the same thing. They did Jace, Lee, and Rise. was like same top Malphite, and then Irelia insta locked, and it's like. Yeah, and then it, it went to shit. But <laughs> it went very bad, yes. But the bot lane carried a bit. Um, 
So yeah, it was still a win. So Excel, Patrick is our MVP of the week. Patrick. Um, just recovering from what was a very difficult level one dying to the vein. Admittedly, Vane Leona, uh, not a very hard Oh, phase did against. he stand in the tri brush? Stand yeah. in the tri brush. I mean, this is just so cringe. Like he some people just stand and try brush. I probably shouldn't even say that because we will get a kill on them level one. <laughs> but we do something in every game level one. But like if you're AD carry and you stand in the tri brush and you die, like you can't be in the MVP conversation. Why are you in tri brush? Everyone know that you can die in tri brush for like eight seasons and you're standing in tri brush and you die and like you just made the game one million times harder for your team. And it's like, oh wow, he got so cheesed, man. Who thought that somebody would invite tri brush? <laughs> That's insane. Like, wow. I would have never thought about that. <laughs> well, fair argument, but he did recover very well. He did, yeah, he recovered like it's like he broke his own arm and then like it recovered and it's like wow, look at the recovery. To <laughs> be beautiful. Fair, yeah. <laughs> no, but I I didn't watch the game much, but I I just was told that he died I mean, in tri brush. He had a Lux into Leona and he was what was he? He was a Felius into Vayne. I mean, yeah, because their mid laner flexed Zeri, so he so played a Felius versus Vayne, yeah. and the Vayne was actually ahead in this game, like in CS. I don't know. It's fine. So. Yeah, he was standing in Tribush. Why, why do I feel like everything I say about anyone else is a personal <laughs> affront to you? It's right. <laughs> I'm watching it now. It's yeah, he's, right. <laughs> he was standing in Tribush. Leona walked up, hit him with E. He no, flashed I, I away. Think he had some, and then I, the whole I think I watched highlights of this game. I think he had some really good fights. The, the, his Sevilius is good. I, 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 the, yeah, not the, to take everything away, just some of the things is like funny for me. Yeah, the one thing I guess is, I don't want to say excusable because they also had, I think they had a ward on both of their support and AD, but Trundle did bot side blue buff, yep. ran over to Drake Pit, Hex flashed over and ganked him through Tribush and killed yep. him again because he had no flash. So he was 0 2 at two minutes. So the lane was pretty, you know, because of his own fault, right? Like, yeah, I mean, they could have warded level two for it as well. Um, yeah, could have warded, could have not sent but then they, your flash. Then they 2v2 killed them somehow, got a shutdown onto Vayne, Aphelios was back in it. Then mm -hmm. the bot wave was bouncing, and Jace was bot because Ryze went top, and then Vayne went mid because yeah. Ryze gang. It was a very complicated and the, scenario. The and, and then Karasi and Abrov went to try and dive top mm -hmm. and get the enemy Grump while their Jace is being dove, four oh. men. And then, uh, yeah, double kill to Fidos. He's 3 2 at four, five minutes or something, and then the game is won. So his team got him ahead there? His team got him ahead there. Holy shit, they, he just didn't have Or maybe he just based on a good wave that was bouncing. Oh, it, it just goes all the way, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's not even that you guys make these points. It's just like, I this one Twitter user when I find him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a serious set of skills. Skills that make people like you. Well, so funny because the image in my head is you being so mad about this like what's one imaginary person who posts the stuff that drives you nuts all the time and then you like finally meet him and he's like 14 and you've spent all this emotional labor being so no, no. mad and he's just it, like it, he's like he's like 14 you know he's just, he's just he's like he's like hey dude big fan and you're like what? why was i even mad you're just a child it's like you know those you know, you know those you know sometimes you have dogs and they're like barking at each other through like a glass window and you open the glass window and they're like oh, and then you walk away that's yeah. like fans it's like this you're is literally so boosted the and they come yeah, to an event yeah. like dude you're my favorite player yeah, <laughs> yeah. um this is so funny because like obviously it's supposed to be the euphoria podcast but i feel like this is the um Upset. I need my own social media. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you vent about. Don't say that because Fnatic's gonna make you do a podcast. You just said you have I don't three hours free. Every, three hours free every day. They would love the content. <laughs> no, um, I mean I'm obviously overplaying it a little bit, but I mean some of the comments if they come like a lot, I feel like there's like a narrative building that sure, sure that of course can also affect your career because like if you're the MVP or if you're like just the guy that's like not so good but his team makes him look good, it like you hope that the people that like understand. Uh, what to do with teams like see that and value you like mm. you think you deserve to be valued mm. yeah i feel that 
I think it's fair. Definitely fair call. But uh, Patrick might have been MVP this game, I, well, like I say. To be fair, it was between him and Mickey after the first game. And then in the BDS game, Mickey kind of sprinted it a little bit. So yeah. um felt like Patrick was the guy who shined through. The other side of the coin is Misfits 2-0 week beating uh, Rogue, smashing them. And that was the lane we highlighted earlier mm-hmm. with the uh, the Jinx Lulu into the um, Lushinami. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Neon, a couple six Gale Force, Gale Force trap play under the tower. Generally good carry performance. Again, double Jinx games. But... Uh, Patrick had double Aphelios, uh, Neon had double Jinx, and they both, like, I mean, Neon had some good shining moments in lane, where he, like, uh, had a couple, two, like, one or two 2v3s, which shouldn't have gone in his way when they were trying to set up some kind of dive or push out, which was good, um, but still, like, team fights they were just popping off, I mean, um, they have insane range, they have three items, and they're just kind of one-shotting everyone in front of them. Which uh, is weird, because, again, we were not expecting to look at 80 carries as much, but we did have a lot of really good We had good 280 carries. And then on Fanatic, before talking to Upset, Razork was in my mind. Because, Razork uh, is in my mind, too. Because yeah, he has been sure. pretty, I would say, a little bit underwhelming. Maybe a lot underwhelming, depending yeah, on the week. The first couple of weeks, general criticism was his early games were poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he wasn't actually finding anything in the early games, like dropping neutrals every now and then, or like yeah. not really setting up for ganks, or just randomly dying in his jungle. I think it was against BDS or something. Um, and then now his early games are like night and day. Uh, comfort on Volibear was great against Vitality. He looked like he had so much confidence, like he he really didn't give a shit about anything. He was just walking up all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's important because the way the Fnatic was winning games, it was mainly from yourself and like humanoid. Wunder would draft weak side, and that's how you'd win the game. You win lane. Yeah, I game. think Marek and me are like both number one in, in like all the at 15 statistics, like by far. Like yeah. Mid bot is like we are really far ahead, like usually. Yeah, I think the so the mid and bots were basically the reasons they were winning games. Jungle was just kind of like uh, a passenger for the first couple of weeks, it felt like. But I don't know if Razork was just growing through confidence or was kind of like in a new environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas Misfits, he was kind of like the star in terms of. Uh, I will play top side. Van der Kobe, don't int. We're going to play yeah. like a weak side. What you guys chill. I get full clear to top and I just invade him and just try to dive well, top nonstop. And I think, and again, this is the least structured episode of all time, but as we've talked a little bit of Fnatic and a little bit of MVP kind of going back and forth throughout this entire segment, I would love to know um, how how has he been as a player? Because we know when we had heard comps and misfits, he was, he was like the guy shouting, talking, mm-hmm. commanding all the time. But obviously you now have a, a team full of veteran players, all of whom I think are pretty competent communicators how has his role been in the team how has the adjustment been to bringing bringing him into this whole project Mm, yeah i think the adjustment hasn't been too easy for him yet i think he still needs to find himself and i think he's doing it more and more but it's understandable like he comes to like a really high expectation team with really good players in every role uh so maybe he needs to like find more confidence but also the confidence has to come from like deeper game understanding and i think Mm -hmm. he's we're trying to like incorporate him a lot and like improving as a team and making sure he he feels empowered in a way to also like do his things but yeah i think we can do probably a better job of like making him feel uh better in the team environment that he feels like more that he like can play with confidence yeah like he did this weekend and yeah. uh, build on that. I think that's really big for him. Yeah, I mean, I think it was a massive, massive. And for us, for of course, as a yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. I'm leaning towards Razork. No, me too. I, just because you guys said perks, both it himself. So, so, you, so you, now you're going to vote for your you team instead. <laughs> I, to be honest, I think I'm playing like such a good split. <laughs> but like no one gives and it's like so whatever so if no one is gonna say it i'm just gonna say it i'm the mvp but you said i think so too when i said razork yeah, yeah i think so too <laughs> so you think you are razork no i i think both i think no i think razork deserves this one 
Razak deserves this one. Yeah. So, so you're you're confident enough you'll get the next one. No, I, I don't think I would get one MVP this week. But it's okay. How many pogs do you have actually? Zero. You have zero, zero, zero pogs. Zero. No, I just have twenty KDA, like number one in everything, like <laughs> really high damage, like play all the champs. But I think I need to do more. Like maybe I should do like some cool dances or something mm -hmm. after the game. Mm -hmm. Being humble is its own reward. Some people would say. Yeah. Not for Those me. people probably either already <laughs> have a lot of money or These will never have a lot of money probably or rewards. Gold Elo or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh my god. Guns um, blazing. I this is hard. I'm, I'm it was really easy before we started inviting pro players on the show, but now I feel like there are stakes. It's like this aura like pulling you towards him, like it's me. That's not I was gonna say Razrak. If we go for a fanatic player, no, Raz, Raz, Raz. I, I think I, I'm on the Razrak train. No You and I also like on Rice he was mega smurfing. He was yeah, he I, on, on TF to be honest, like yeah. it wasn't like the most pop off game, but he found like really special timings that I don't see other mid laners do. So mm -hmm. I also think that he played well. So yeah. My team is insane. We're supporting Jungle Yeah, every time we get the MVP, Dracos has a little drawing. Yeah, dude, I have to do a drawing. It was originally just a Photoshop, but people were like, this isn't scuffed enough. So now we I hand draw it. Yeah, Trimby's face is... Uh, Who did Astralis play on the second day? Uh, Astralis played... Mm, Who did Astralis play on the second they day? They played... Uh, Rogue oh, was G2, into no? G2. G2. What yeah. about Zanzara? Because he actually played really well against... So we work if they had beaten g2 it was probably promise or zanzara yeah i think not that he it's hard if if or if even if they had gone 1-1 if it had just been promise or just zanzara it would have been pretty easy to actually even in a 1-1 week yeah it would, that was that g2 game where he was like 6-0 on trundle with a triforce or something yeah and then uh everyone else was just kind of too far behind and then yeah he just couldn't play fights against victor yone I yeah. remember that game. Yeah. It's Raz. I think it's Razor. Razor. We yeah, spent too much Razor. time. It's Razor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week it's Razor. <laughs> um, it's hard and it's getting harder to make these decisions. The thing is, shout out to Zanzar though. Shout out to Astral. How for many pogs does Humanoid have? Like, I don't know, like four or three or something. I can check okay. the pog chart. I think Hilly and Marika are getting them. And deserved. Like, I'm. Like I'm so happy honestly, the thing is, it's that I have players in my team that always get to fog because it means my team must be playing like really good. I mean, your I think your team is definitely yeah, but very BTO is number year. one right now. BTO number one, Hillisang number two. Razork has two pogs. Humanoid has a pog. Wonder has a pog. Damn, they're did Wonder really get his pog the Gragas game against uh, Vitality in mm -hmm, week mm -hmm. one? As you should. That was a good game. Insane place. Pog place. No, but I'm happy. I want Hilly to win the MVP because before it was always like he made his AD be the MVP, but actually I make my support be the MVP. It, it's the new narrative. Guys. It's like I enable my supports to look amazing. It's like those love stories, you know, where it's like... Because there's two ways to take this. Either Upset's really selfless or he's trying to make sure that he still gets in. You know what I mean? And Hilly roams a lot, honestly. When you watch the game, he's perma mid lane. And yeah, still, I remember. Like, really God, the Mad Lions, right. okay, the right, Mad Lions game was nuts. I have to infuse all my narratives into this God. podcast. Okay, well, well, the main reason <laughs> that we brought you here today, other than to talk about Fnatic and apparently your frustrations with social media, which again, good discussion. Not trying to flame. Yeah, we too didn't much even here. start on that topic. Like, oh my God. That was no, a, that we're going to leave that topic. <laughs> we're nice almost an hour in, and we have done one topic. We're almost an hour in. Shit. We need a longer podcast. This is the Draco's experience. Yeah, this the is Dracos experience. Dracos casual experience. The Dracos casual experience. The, the, the DCXP. <laughs> DC. Dracos casual experience. XP. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. You didn't need to make that shot, I think. No. I think that's what that won't sell. Well. That's what Jet does. That's the Jet podcast. Oh. The J. I'll think of Joe Rogan. Um, or maybe also the Joe Rogan one. Um, no, I had a Jet one. The biggest also one. The, the, the bigger one. Yeah. <laughs> the bigger one. <laughs> um, 
Let's talk about bot lane in the league as a whole. 2v2s. No more just, suck, just suck, support suck. or just, you know, AD carry. I'm going to ask this question even though I think I know the answer, but it's good to hear it from you. Uh, bot lane overall, bot lanes overall in the LEC, stronger or weaker this year? Mm. I don't know. You have an opinion on everything. <laughs> every every <laughs> single thing. Come on. <laughs> you jump in at every moment at every opportunity, and then I say, are bot lanes stronger, and you sigh and go, same? I have to think about it. So uh, Hans is gone. Ruckus is, is gone. gone. I mean, it's fine if the answer is slightly, slight, slightly weaker. Slightly weaker. Is it just because just because of Hans leaving? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But I honestly, reckless also left. Yeah. No, but Hans leaving, <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he was really the one that I felt like he was equal yep. to how I want to play. He mm -hmm. played very similar. Um, personally, I never feel feel like I really struggled against him much. Like I actually all time really liked playing against Hans but when I saw him play in general I felt like he was trying to push the things the same way as me so mm -hmm. I really liked Hans yeah I mean he was a man who could build a lead in lane and obviously in the Callista games or even the Draven games he was like yeah Rome take plates Rome take plates yeah, I mean, he was kind of doing the same thing as me until in terms of getting advantages just that he was doing it on like really strong ADs is there anyone yep. in the league now who has similarities to Hans with all the mm -hmm. kind of I won't say new ADs coming in because we've got like comp coming in we do have a shitload of new ADs yes yeah. I, I think two, it's comp and unforgiven right? and unforgiven yeah okay yeah. comp coming back no, no X Maddie also new like, okay, of course, no please. one really plays like Hans. I mean, of course, Reckless also, I think, had a very particular strength. But mm -hmm. myself, especially, I mean, to be honest, all my time playing, I always liked playing against him because I feel like his mindset is not so lane-focused or something. And I usually felt like I was very confident to get a lead mm -hmm. uh, against him. And especially last year, I think it was like very apparent that yeah. once I play with Silisang especially, but even when he was playing with Silisang, I was usually getting like pretty good lane positions uh, that I could have a big impact in the game. So mm -hmm. for me, this didn't change too much in terms of like bot lane rankings. But Mickey playing with a like different ID, I think XL bot lane is playing like better, uh, like than when he had Advian, of course, because yeah. I really think Mickey is like still the best support with Silly. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaiser is also in the conversation, I think. But for me, Mickey and Tilly just have to. A special feeling i think like i both of them i always wanted to play with and yeah. i mean i'm playing with silly so i'm super happy of course yeah but mickey is like the what could have been story in a different reality <laughs> yeah Ooh, there you no, go but hilly, the one who got away yeah but no of course hilly is the best uh but yeah i think mickey with patrick they look like uh, much better than before sure um i think um rogue bot lane has like their strength as well but i also feel like their jungle is like uh inefficient around bots but still works mm. but usually i don't i feel like it's not gonna go so well the more the more better teams get because uh, i feel like some of the things that are happening are not supposed to happen especially in the early weeks and i think yeah. it made them look a bit better than they were maybe you could see last week there were some more holes in the game mm -hmm. and they got away with things before like the nami and the jenna that maybe now Will be a bit more difficult, but they're also good. Mm. So let's let's say this um, rather than just having you who 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 is in the discussion for top five bot lanes. I don't need you to make a ranking. You can make a, 
this ordered ranking if you want, but who's who's in your discussion? I think me and Mick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. No, we have Ooh. to cut the episode right, right, right after Valentine's no, Day, I think, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? No, I think me and Hilly are the best, best support, best ID, playing the best together. I think, actually, right now, we, like, we can do much better. I think it's, like, mm. we're still spring split vibes. I feel yeah, like, yeah. I think me and Hilly can, like, step it up another level for playoffs, for sure. We are, like, having our face, like, he's playing a lot of solo queues pike i'm like trying yeah, to get yeah, challenger yeah, yeah. saying mickey's name on a podcast it's, it's a difficult time for you guys i get it it's not always you know <laughs> yeah guys no, i think the same times anymore <laughs> <laughs> me and tilly are the best um and then uh holy just you can you can rate later if you just want to talk about who's in the top five. Uh, usually so, it's like patrick mickey talk about comp Trimby. yeah patrick mickey comp Trimby. you mentioned kaiser briefly he's with yeah Unforgiven now. yeah that's tough it's this is where it gets hard after those three i I I feel like unforgiven is good i feel like he got like really like a lot of credit and i feel like you need to let the split play out more Mm -hmm. but i think he i mean when i played against him i felt he was playing so nervous like not like how he plays normally at all so it's hard for me to like make opinion but he seemed really weak when i played against him um but yeah i i think he Kaiser is, of course, a great support. I mm-hmm. think they should be in the conversation. Like, and um, another team that's top four or top three is Misfits uh, yeah. with Neon and Mercer. Mercer coming in. I remember, do you know much about Mercer? I know he was like hovering when I looked at solo queue a lot of the times around like top 10. He was a little no, bit in your I know him, yeah. No, he, he, he was good stretch in solo queue from the usual supports I get in my teams. Um, yeah. He, he's not bad. He's not okay. Bad. All right, so not not hundred percent. So like I mean, like top a target masters course as well. Yeah, of course. So do you think do you think top five? <laughs> do you think top five even makes sense, or do you think it's more like a top top three? I mean, let's just say G two Excel, um, Rogue Matt, and us, or maybe Misfits instead of one of the Matt or so top six. That's your top something six. like this somewhere so around no, there. But you're on number so one. Yeah, Carzy Lebrov. Oh wait! Oh my God! They are, they are, <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, okay, no, 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 I'm not firing shots. They are better than most. I okay. think they are like top three, probably like R- Trimby, Comp, Targamas, that <laughs> Labrov, Kazi. Yeah. So you're saying basically like you, you, G2, and Rogue are like the top three. You're top. top oh, one. Vitality. I'm getting the names all mixed up. So yeah, same here. Everything, yeah. everyone swapped around. It's confusing okay. still to me in spring so, week seven. You hell saying number one. I can agree with that. That seems pretty easy. I think putting Comp Trimby up there in the discussion, even after a rough week, also feels fair. Then when you say Carzy Lebrov, I mean, are we talking about performance or like how I rate them skill wise? How you rate them skill wise to me is more important than current performance because people can look at the standings and evaluate whatever they want. I mean. <sighs> I don't know. Actually, botlands got weaker. I don't know why. It just feels like botlands are weaker now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, even the botlands I played against last year, but I feel like they got weaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't Dang. know. I finally got an answer for that first question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now deep, I want to know the top five. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to answer uh, the question before? Okay. <laughs> Me, Hilly. I mean, I don't want to say like random things because it's like annoying when it's, it's, I mean, it's things. hard. Like to be but clear. Me, the... Hilly, Kazi, uh, uh, Labrov or mm-hmm. Comp Trimby, I think, are like That's, competing for a second. Yep. Uh, I think Targamas has been doing really well too. But Mickey Patrick as well. Yep. I think Mickey Patrick, Comp Trimby, and Labrov Kazi uh, are all in the conversation. Sure. To That's it. Compete. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think people are going to want a straight up one through five power ranking. But like, yeah. that's you guys are at the top, but then it's 
if we're doing a tier list, we got you guys, number one, whatever that first tier is, SA, whatever people want to call it. And then it feels like, is it then to you, um, sorry, Vitality bot lane and Rogue bot lane, and then after that, XL and G2? Is that how you would look at it right now? No, I, I think, I mean, I think G2 is like maybe a small step below them. And I think also maybe when you look at G2 bot lane, like Misfits bot lane too, because I feel like it's not really about their bot lane mm. uh, at all in mm. G2. Yeah, they play a really heavy top side, don't they? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And also, <laughs> another rant. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, let's finish this first. Um, yeah, I think XL, oh my lord, Vitality and Rogue are all competing for like their position in the ranking yeah, in yeah. the same tier. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, Misfits, G2. G2. Yeah. So, what's, this, what's the other rant? The other rant? It's, holy shit, I just forgot it. Wait, what did, oh, like, strong side weak side like people are playing towards a person like usually people are playing towards a person for a reason and usually people yeah. are playing away for a person for a reason it's like no one gives the person any resources and it's like look at him his team is winning and he gets no resources he must be like really good like at first it was like the guy that's like getting no resources on a good team gets no credit yeah and now i feel like it went the whole other way like look he's playing weak side and he's winning the game and you see like the star players that are completely stomping are not getting the credit and the focus is actually now on the weak side players on the mm. role player which is like so we should be telling everyone odawamne is shit is what you're saying no but Oda <laughs> yes i think odawamne is shit <laughs> sorry no i know what you're saying i'm just trying to try this. I'm just let me be reddit for you oh so odawamne is bad that's what you're saying no, no. no it, it has to be like really nuanced and balanced but it's always so extreme it's like this guy like is getting so carried he's like get like he's doing nothing and, and then it's like oh this guy's getting nothing and he's actually like not the best like, <laughs> i can look, see what he means so i can see what he means it's like it's like always so extreme and i feel like yeah there's a skill to like not making the game volatile and not trying to lose it yeah and there's especially a skill and not trying to do it and getting a hat that's mm -hmm. like a crazy skill that wonder is actually really good at yeah uh which is surprising because i had a different image of him before i think but now i feel like he's actually the top laner with the least ego I think I ever played with because I played with some people that had a really big ego. But I even played with Chachi, who is like, actually, Chachi and Wunder have like zero ego, I feel like, which is crazy because his personality is like so, like, he's talks Twitter. Yeah. yeah, he talks a lot of <laughs> he, shit. He yeah. talks shit, but, <laughs> but then it's like, yeah, pick me Gragas, I'm happy. Like, when he, when he sees like music careers, like, he's asking for Gragas, I'm like, go Jace. He's like, no, Gragas is better. Yeah, I'm going Gragas. It's like, he's really, uh, really a team, team minded player. So yeah. it's very amazing. Yeah. Nice. I um, lost my point again. But. One of the follow-up questions I had is um, ADs around the world. Do you watch much of them? So Gumushi, yeah. Gumushi Viper come to mind. Do you yeah. have like, oh, T1's on, I'm going to watch Gumushi Carrier. Oh, EDG's on, I want to watch Viper Mako. Yeah. Is there any other teams that you're like, oh, I need to watch this bot lane or learn something yeah. from them? Yeah, I think Carrier's very, very amazing. And same for Gumayushi. Hmm. I think he he's like really, really, really good uh, at like pushing the game forward and i think it's really it of course makes them also sometimes lose games where i'm on a different like mindset now i feel like but he he's super good and carry as well i mean i scrim first them too they're like especially in the range matchups they're really really good in the melee matchups i felt like me and tilly were doing like pretty good against them or like fine but in the range matchups i think the west is super behind them playing enchanters like really well and mm. i think it's important we either catch up or specialize really well in one thing that's that's a funny discussion because a lot of people look at enchanters and they're like oh they're so easy all you have to do is just sit there and shield your ready carry and then let him do the rest of the work yeah. and the melee sports like oh this is the hard one you have to jump in flash in find the right engage all that stuff but enchanters are pretty hard for lane phase especially when you're playing like kate karma one mistake and you're screwed basically right yeah it's not just that you can get like a hat 
like 15 CS and you make one mistake and the game already feels hard. It's also that, like, of course, if you're a stronger team, whatever support you play, probably it's going to look good, right? But it's also that you need to get ahead through hitting skill shots. If the matchup's not, like, completely face roll, where, like, the enemy has, like, no fighting back chance or no gank pressure, it's there's a lot more skill to it and especially range versus range i think there's so many small interactions like mm. where the better support can really show really good traits it's not like arden metal because they're not like have no damage they actually have a lot of damage and there's a lot of trading going on with time warp and everything and it's not like before where you just try to get arden and you stand behind your ad and he does everything the support has a lot more agency even in range matchups so it's like super skilled and I understand that people think like this because I play in solo queue and my Jenna is completely AFK, standing five meters behind me, but this is not how it's supposed to be. You're yeah. supposed to try to get the most out of your champ. Yeah, I remember, I don't know if it's, I don't know when it was or which player it was, I was behind, I was playing with like one of the pro player supports and we were watching a game and a Karma walked up in the lane and queued a bush to try and check it. And from that moment, he's like, yeah, they lost the lane because he like didn't queue the min back minions or something. They didn't get the push on the first wave. And from that, he just said, yeah, it's, it's over. No, range right. matchups are super nuanced for sure. Yeah. There's a lot to it. Oh. That's cool. Because now when I stand behind my AD carry and push E as Jaina, I can be like, guys, I'm playing the more difficult support. Trust me. <laughs> Upset said they're the hardest. <laughs> and I'll just screw the context. I got what I needed out of that one, guys. I'm working. I'm working I back I did my here. job. Uh, I got my a tornado getting done. prepped. I got an E on you. Uh, I've done my job. How about do some lost air real quick and finish fighting. the quest? <laughs> I mean, both are hot, right? It's like you can skill expression is in everything, I think. It's the beauty of the game. Certainly. Yeah. Um... Oh no, now I've lost my train of thought. Wait, other bot laners you, you asked, no? Gumiyushi Carrier? Gumiyushi Carrier, Viper, Viper. Mako, those are two that come to mind. Yeah, Viper, Mako. I like Ming as well with Gala. Ming Gala. They're, they're still really good. Um, Lehens, you've seen a little bit of Lehens and uh, Ruler, Ruler playing around with their Cinch and stuff like this. Yeah. And Samira Nautilus and things like mm -hmm. this, they're playing into Yumi. I think there's a lot of like. Yeah, Samira into, into Yumi. And yeah, Yumi seems higher prior in Korea, and the Samira into it seems to be like more, more picked. No, yeah. I, I think. I get more inspired watching other regions. There's like there's like this interesting meta discussion that I feel like is there where like the the East just has different priorities to Western teams from every role, right? You see like mm -hmm. a lot of Poppy in the East when Lee and Jarvan are blind picked. Um, you see a lot of Rise insta lock first rotations B1 locked in range supports. Samira Nautilus into Yumi Yumi Prio. It's not really there that much in Europe where it's just no. like Europe just feels like early solo lanes or Leona lanes or Aphelios Jinx kind of. Yeah, yeah I, I think they're they're just better at playing more champs. Mm. I think they're just way better at range champs. Mm. I think if we would play Astral Karma like super super well, I think you can pick it in a lot of cases. But it's just not reality. We're not playing on nine ping every day in Korea, practicing like super hard these range matchups. It's like we're in Berlin. We have we are lagging suddenly. People are not putting in so much effort effort on these champs. Also like culturally. Or whatever yeah, you want to yeah, say. Yeah, like, the, the, in Europe, the, it's not like the, this is the thing. The karma's you know? on the ladder it's, it's or not. Yeah. I remember Berserker, C9 Berserker said in his interview, and Malrang said it. Both of them said in an interview, Malrang in a video and, and um, Berserker in a written interview where he just came to Europe and he says, or he, he went to NA Berserker and said, I have so much free time. The culture is different. I don't know what to do with myself after scrims. And then Malrang said in his like pro player introduction, who is Malrang? He's like, what's the difference in Europe and Korea? And the first thing he said, it's free. And I thought he was talking about the league. And he says, it's free, free time. I have lots of free time. And I was like, yeah, in Korea, they must go three blocks a day, bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it of must course. be very, I mean, I don't feel like I have a lot of free time. I barely have any time. Yeah. But if they have even less time in Korea, it must be like very 
That's intense. Very intense. It is, yeah. Yeah, super intense. Um, I remember the last thing I'll say is like, I remember Coma, Coma had this famous quote where he says, burnout doesn't exist. And he's just like, you just have to keep grinding. And so their work ethic is really like just play nonstop. I don't know. We don't have time to get into that one. Yeah. I, I will say that I have feelings yeah. on that yeah. quote. But and then while I, God, I respect that work ethic. I also worry for people that do that much. But mm. also, I want Europe to win a world championship. So I'm conflicted. I have a yeah. lot of different feelings. Um, but one thing that I do want to talk about before we go is playoffs are getting closer and closer. And we've already had made you make one soft list today. We can get another soft list out of you. Because um, right now it feels pretty easy to say that. Uh, blah 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 standings rogue fanatic g2 all feel like shoe wins for playoffs at this point feel like it's a sure thing short of disaster who do you think is actually going to get last three playoff spots uh to recap misfits are seven four excel are six five madden vitality are five six if you want to go really down sk and bds are both three eight australis obviously one ten who, who are you actually looking at to get the last three playoff spots mm, i think the other best two teams are excel and vitality dang which doesn't mean that they will make playoffs mm -hmm. because they like best of ones there's a lot of and you can also <laughs> that's a word it's <laughs> funny like... because and i'm sorry to phil phil is our editor because um we've gotten better at he or he's been much more relaxed he's like yeah you guys can swear i'll edit it out it's all good and once you said i can say whatever i want yeah no i did you can say whatever you want you can but there was like back in the day i think one of the first times we had you on we were like really trying to avoid swears so we were saying like fiddlesticks instead and now okay. we've just the, the floodgates just... have opened and this episode especially i do not care but it's so funny to me because i'm like Oh, that's another two seconds of editing time. Oh, that's another two seconds. It's <laughs> just fine. adding up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, keep going. Um, yeah, best of ones, and the mm -hmm. pressure can really mount. Like yeah. three more weeks, you are yeah. seventh place. You lose. What? You, do they still play good teams? Like, okay, we stomped them completely, but maybe they still have to play with other good teams. I'll tell us no chill. I mean, for Vitality, BDS, Interrogue. Uh, I mean, they play most of the teams, right? Yeah, they, I think it's only... It's basically actually, yeah, it was just one week, right? Yeah, yeah. so it's one so, week the second yeah, half. Yeah, so. I mean, they still... Like, let's say they lose to some teams they shouldn't lose to, and then the good teams, like, play good. It's, like, always a bit sweaty, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's... Yeah, it's getting if sweaty. You could, if you could pick six teams to go into playoffs, if you just pick the six best teams, ignoring best of one Yeah, six right best now. is Fnatic, uh, G2, um, Vitality, Rogue, Misfits... Oh. Actually, no. Rogue, Exile, Misfits. I think in that order. So no Mad Lions this season. Oh wait. No, no it's fine. Like this is the this is no, the no, discussion I, I, point. It's hard to say. I'm I'm giving I, you I little like breadcrumbs to lead you to this discussion yeah. about Mad Lions. This yeah. is what I'm doing. I so feel you're, like you're you're setting up perfectly. I'm so hungry. <laughs> you have more of narrative narrative breadcrumbs. <laughs> you know, if, uh, no, I won't say. Yeah, <laughs> no, I just want to talk yeah. about that. It's not a narrative breadcrumb. You're fine. So top six. I mean, it's it's. So it sounds like you're relatively confident, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because Rogue came pretty late on that list, but I'm not sure if that is just how you were thinking about teams. Um, but it seems like five of the teams you're confident in, and then six is kind of the flex, which to me could be G2, could be Mad. If you're just looking No, no, at, G2 is for sure. Or sorry, not G2. Um, like, I think, okay, Misfits, I think Misfits there's, mad. I think there's mad. two types of teams. The teams that have like a more clear identity, that have mm -hmm. like a very good structure of getting wins in best of ones. And there are teams that I feel like w could be more dangerous in playoffs mm -hmm. that haven't shown as much. And there's different tiers in both of them. Yep. For example, I think G2 is like, G2 is more in the middle, but Rogue is like the clearest one. Like they're really sure of what they're doing. Yep. At least till the last week. Sure. And yeah. they got a lot of good wins from that and a lot of confidence in what they're doing. 
and I think Misfits and um, wait, who's the other team? Misfits is one step below that. They're like mm-hmm. doing the same thing. I feel like, yep. but they're doing it a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like G two is like has Dylan Falco, who's like super good at this yep. at like preparing the team uh, to like have a really clear way of winning games yep. like he's very focused on that which is good because winning is good <laughs> <laughs> so he's a good coach <laughs> my coach of the split no. uh, so I think they're more in the middle because I do think they're more dangerous in players but I also feel like they're very specialized in the way they are playing yeah top side top side support Parma Rome yep. but it's great because they have Caps of course Caps is still one of the best players uh, in Maybe in the world, who knows? Yep. I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving the narrative breadcrumbs. Sure, 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 sure. Keep going. Uh, <laughs> so they have more depth, I think, just because their talent is so deep with Caps, Yankos, Broken Blade has already been playing good too. Tarragons yep. has been looking good. Flacket is fitting well with the boys. Um, so this is like a more dangerous <laughs> team, I would say. The smiles. Uh, um, and then Vitality, I think, has a lot of depth. Yeah. But they're really didn't seem like they know what they're doing like first like super carry now super supportive jungle picks plays through different every different lane every game very different champions it feels like at least maybe i'm wrong but that's how i I perceive them i see what you're saying yeah and then i mean then there's still like excel who's like i just feel like they have less talent than like the very good teams but with mickey i feel like he's like really impacting the team a lot Mm. because they were very like Go bot forehead in their approach for like a very long time and it didn't work so well. <laughs> go bot forehead. That was you. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Great mushroom. That was me. <laughs> and now they actually have a really good support, which of course changes that. And I think their solo lanes are more solid than they probably ever had in their time. Uh, so I think this team is more on the Misfits level, but I can see them being deeper in talent than Misfits. Yep. Um, so yeah. And then Matt... I mean, they have like the, they, I think you can see what Humanoid did for this team as yeah. well. Because I think their Definitely. macro, like when I played against them, I could still see a lot of the same things. But in the end, like if your Midland is winning lane versus everyone and he plays all the champs and he like also directs the game, it's like, yeah, you're really missing a big piece and nothing to take away from Rika. He is not Humanoid, right? Uh, so I can see it being left there. I think Unforgiven, no one has been complaining too much about Kazi being left because people seem quite happy with Unforgiven mm-hmm. but I also think he needs just time and experience because yeah. I can feel his hands shaking when I played against him a little bit I feel like he's a bit nervous still when I see him play against sometimes like mm-hmm. just the feeling I get from playing yeah, against yeah. him yeah I think that, like for people who don't get context it's like the smallest of things like yeah. not trading for that one CS yeah, or not like walking up when... the way he walks around yeah. in lane right it's those things you can dictate how they are actually meant no, to be no, playing the game. feeling thing is huge like how people walk in scrims versus me and how like it feels in the official game when it's like it matters it's defeat it's a very player thing I think it's not so mm-hmm. hard to analyze but it's really like I can see the difference, you know. Yeah, I think from the outside we wouldn't be able to see it, right? Because we have not yeah. played against. Because we haven't watched scrims, we haven't played against solo queue or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like for example, upsets scrim against, and then he plays against them on stage, right? The way they play is just completely night and day, and you can take advantage of that mentally, right? Because when yeah. the second he takes a step back, you take a step forward, and from that point onwards, you just dictate the pace of the lane, right? And that's how it feels like. At least it's it's very subjective, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's just how it feels for me. Um, so yeah, I would say there's like a lot of depth in Europe in terms of what teams can make it maybe the like super top is not like at their peak yet because I think also our top team like it's top heavy but there's a lot of depth yeah yeah. which is really cool because 
we have like for me like at least seven teams that can make playoffs and like can go kind of deep i mean i think there's some limitations i think if vitality and us hit like their absolute peak i think no other team has as much talent Mm. as as us too but i feel like g2 rogue can make up for it with really solid team play and they have star players right yeah like you don't always need to have the best team to win against teams in best of fives that have more talent than you if you really know what you're doing with your star players that Mm -hmm. you have and all of them have star players and yeah i think mad's a good example of that last year where like maybe some other teams like you know g2 have all of these star players mad at the time didn't really have that many star players on the rise of elio yeah humanoid was like i think our team was actually a better example fanatic because we had like i mean our solo lanes were not considered like really big stars i Mm. would say yeah and people like just roll swapped yeah and it was like but we really were focused on this one thing and everyone shipped into it Mm -hmm. uh for the most part so it we could make a difference yeah. yeah, I think Man of Fnatic good examples of that, right? Uh, they're yeah. the ones who went sure. to the finals, whereas like teams like Rogue and G2 on the outside have more superstars. Yeah, Rogue, yeah. Rogue yeah. G2 last year. Yeah, right, yeah. So inspired and hands, you know, reckless and those things Auto didn't really come together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see what he's saying. I think there's like these two tiers where it's like the teams who are doing well in regular season who might not be that scary in playoffs. The teams who are not doing that great or a little bit inconsistent regular season, but could do insane damage in playoffs, like Vitality, for example, right? They're yep. best of five. And the teams who are kind of in limbo in the middle, like G2 and Misfits. Sure. But could also flop, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's so hard to say with best of ones, I think. Well, and a lot can change in a couple of weeks. And certainly yeah. uh, in the space between regular season and playoff, teams can grow a lot heading into best of five. I mean, your, your team last season was a great example of that, where we expected, I think, very little from you in playoffs yeah. after how some of your regular season weeks had gone. And then best of five best of five best of five best of five and expectations just continue to grow so we're gonna have to see i will say that we'll go back to one of the things you said at the start spring is just about who can suck the least yeah um everyone's growing so i don't want to like tear anybody down but i think it is interesting to see um and the kind of the story of this split to me feels very i feel very focused on humanoid not just because you're here but because him leaving mad we now finally get to hear how strong he is we finally heard in a hill saying interview a lot about how big of a communicator he is because this is a player that was we were kind of like quiet on we knew a lot about him in like the burnout time mm. when mad were struggling we knew that was something he struggled with he talked about that a little bit but it's only now that he's left mad that i think we're finally seeing him as i think really solidifying his identity as one of the true like all-time great but european i think mids. what upset said earlier just like comes full swing with 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 humanoid where it's like context is so important what do they mm-hmm. do for a team how is it how can you sign mvp without the comms and all these things and yes you have to look at the from the outside and that's what we saw with mad lines we looked from the outside but now that humanoids left the floodgates are open it's like yeah, what that so man did context. for that team right yeah. there's so much more content context on like how how valuable how important he is it's uh, exciting yeah um and we'll see we'll see if mad can make it if they can't make it i think reeker's in, in a tough spot and he's still a young players but it's obviously big shoes to fill a difficult situation to be in yep. looking ahead week six we talked about it a little bit but uh big matchups for you astralis g2 sweating you nervous no i feel regret in our last game was g2 because we were so bad at pushing advantages mm. like their bot lost flash like level one or two in like Rakan Zillion matchup and there was so it was like farming Gromp on cooldown like but I couldn't I felt like I was so powerless in this game and then we just ended up getting outscaled and Marek was destroying caps so hard mm-hmm. as well but we never really like pressured them really hard in terms of taking their jungle or like diving people or playing like stacking dragons faster maybe or anything like this so it felt like really sad to lose that game for me because I felt like we were in such a commanding position. So 
I think if things go the same as last time in terms of our laning strength, there's no way that G2 will win again. Um, but maybe they like have a different matchup idea, have different plan. Maybe they can snowball a different lane. But if the game goes the same way as last time, I think it's going to be a storm from us. I'm like the confidence. You, I, this is great. You're always like, ooh, narrative, narrative, narrative. But bro, when I ask you to tell me about a matchup, but I, that, was that good voice line is well. so usable. And it's like, to be fair, like people like to be like, oh, narrative is all BS. It's not. It's just like trying to make it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But I think you t you telling me right now that like you're super invested in this best of one just makes this best of one so much better. Because it is best And of if one. you lose, it doesn't really matter because I just want top four. But... No, sure. At the end of the day. Yeah. But like, <laughs> no, but, uh, but then I, you'll have the head. But this is hype. Like, no, knowing that you care care about this matchup that you give a shit about this matchup is hype and that was you the one thing you said that you didn't smile when you said it to me like you were like we yeah, are gonna this yeah i was really mad G2 actually, last, last time we lost i was really sets revenge sad. yeah mm. i mean the thing is you you cause everything leads up to the best of ones you give them more meaning than it sh sure. probably should have in the moment but it, when you look back at it you don't really i remember like a few best of ones for me that were like special that, sure but in, in general it's like in the moment, it feels like everything. It feels like the world is like crumbling when you go 0-2. And if you mm -hmm. go 2-0, like, holy fuck, actually, we fixed all our mistakes. We're insane now. <laughs> so it's like... That it, week of screams didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a lot. But in reality, when you look back at it, it doesn't really determine team strength. But the mental component is huge, I think. When mm -hmm. a team yeah. goes 0-2, I mean, let's see how Rogue will do. After loss to Astralis, did we yeah. think they will win versus... Uh, like the pressure of being 9-0 as well. Mad and vitality, the worst too. Team. Yeah. <laughs> difficult week i think i think the pressure is big but the the meaning of best of ones is not as much as you give it meaning to it's like a sure. lot of mental well and i think that like a lot of things in life it's a it's the gray area where it can't be meaningless to you you do have to take it seriously but it yeah. can't mean everything to the point where it's going to destroy your world no i mean i've get, i'm getting so much better at this like life balance i think of mm -hmm. course with my wife it has yeah. been super supportive and everything and feels really good to know that you have like something to that's there for you when you don't feel so good yeah and just like the world is not over if you like lose in a video game and you go zero two like of course it's my passion and it's what i really want to be the best and be perceived as the best and like have the success that i uh have been working for for so long but in the end it's like really important to take a step back sometimes too and not feel overwhelmed with all of that because it can be yeah i feel that all right, Upset, thank you so much for joining us, dude. Good luck on your two games. Uh, I think G2 Fnatic, I don't know what match of the week is. There's a lot of bangers next week. Vitality Rogue or is happening week. and G2 Fnatic is happening. And They're Rogue both bangers. Match. They're both happening on Saturday. Be sure to tune in for both of them. Uh, we're casting. Dope. Yeah. We'll ask the observers to put just a camera on bot lane, and then we'll just call out things. We're like, okay, I'm not sure if that should have happened. We'll ask, <laughs> we'll ask Upset about that later. Oh, I don't know about that trade. Hey, you should just come to the office after we play a game. We're always reviewing the the game, the bot lane. Yeah. So. Again, you're offering a lot of things that you might regret offering later. Because this is knock on the door. Like, knock on I the want to see the screams. <laughs> um, bring our video <laughs> camera. Your strats. <laughs> Full productions inside there no, watching them scream. Like, like I said, it was not to put like pressure that you guys have to know it better because oh, it's no, impossible you know yeah, yeah no of course yeah, yeah it's all good i mean like i think that but you should give me every mvp <laughs> and i should okay. be in the well conversation. Uh, this one was raz work but like we'll work on it next week we'll talk about it what do i need to do um tell me what i need to do and you I'll need to be week. the most valuable player in a game but what is or beat Kadron rock paper scissors those are the two criteria i don't know I'm, i've gotten pretty good at rock paper scissors <laughs> no, since i lost yeah I have, i've got some secret strats right. now this has been euphoria season nine episode thanks six thanks again upset for joining us good luck against astralis and g2 this weekend and we'll Thank see you. you all this weekend and next week for another episode of euphoria